I get so flattered every time you think I die just because I'm like, oh, well, you didn't come on. The, you didn't come on the halftime Twitter space. I did not come on the halftime spaces. And I'm sorry about that. And I Benny was, was like, I'll try to make it. But we've been making dinner all day. And so we might be sitting down <laughs> at the table. I'm like, what is this Thanksgiving? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's his own Thanksgiving. I guess. Maybe he's still sitting down for that dinner. Maybe. That could be it. Oh, right. He's in the here. Nick of time. Right on time. Holy shit. Look at that cloth. Can you just, like, look like look into the screen and give a long, drawn-out hey into your microphone? Hey. Now we're here. Now we're complete. Episode oh, 11 of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. The rogues, misfits, and ne'er dwells are all here. All three of us. Three for three. Let's Get go. Remember 303? I do. Yeah. Three. Shout out 303. Did you go to like some festival that I was went to Warp Tour. by 303? Yeah. Warp Tour? Oh, that. <laughs> With the 303. And Swayze yeah. and Katy Perry. Not your mom. Wow. Not my oh, mom man. That is a good lineup. That yeah. is a good lineup. And that's especially, it's an especially good lineup in 2008. I'd still be excited about that lineup now, but 15 years ago, I'm like real excited about it. <laughs> Benny, how are you? Yeah, man. Well, oh, how, man. Was your, how was your Thanksgiving last night? Oh, dude, it was so good. It was, uh, it was nice to finally cook in the house. Um, we've been doing a lot of takeout lately, so uh, that was well. It took you all it was day. Nice, yeah. It it kind of did. Um, it was extra specially nice seeing uh the start of the second half uh, oh. as as we're eating. <laughs> that that made it especially great. I thought you were talking about after seeing our rebrand, which is what we were just ooh, discussing before just, you jumped ooh, on. That yeah. is very cool. That is yeah. very, very cool. Yeah. And I but I just want I did want to remind everybody that like this isn't really a rebrand as much as it is like we finally figured out what we were and are. <laughs> Where whereas like we made did that we? logo. Well, I mean, like, we made the logo before <laughs> so we searching. even had recorded an episode. And we're like, oh, yeah, this is sick. This will look good right. on a podcast our artwork. And then it ended up being <laughs> a lot of other places. Websites, merch, et cetera, hats, everything. A, a handful of dive bar bathrooms in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. <laughs> yeah, as I, as I you know what? It also has still successfully been blocking a swastika that was drawn on a fire hydrant on 17th and Van Buren. To this day, it is still covered, covering that uh, terrible, terrible uh, symbol. There we go. Let's go. Yeah, I think, I think I think at one point someone tried to pull it off and they probably realized what was behind it. So there's a little bit of like a, and then if you want to steal, yeah, <laughs> steal this, look what you're exposing. Like, I think, I think it's just everyone wins if it just stays there for eternity. Forever. Everyone wins if it's there for eternity, obviously, because it's a belligerent beef sticker uh, in public in Portland. And we are all winners now. We are all winners, the three of us. Everyone listening to the podcast is a winner because we are welcoming a guest who needs no introduction. <laughs> If you are alive and awake and enjoy college football, then you know this man and you know his work. And we are privileged and honored and just excited as hell to have him here on the podcast. 
It's Big Game Boomer. JP, give me the lasers and the light show and the, the foghorns and everything. JP, <laughs> welcome to Belligerent Bees. Welcome. Hey, what's up, BG? Hey, welcome, man. Man, what an introduction. What's going on, y'all? How's it going? It's going great. We're we're having a great time. Uh, we just started recording. We're having a great night. Um, nice. the, uh, the Twins fan here is excited about what the Twins are doing right now. The other two Niner fans are excited about what the Niners are doing right now. But we imagine you're in a better mood than all of us because, as you know, big game boomer. It's it's all about boomer sooner. We got to congratulate you on an oh. amazing Red River rivalry victory yesterday. <laughs> how are, yeah. how you. are you Thank feeling? You. Have you come down from that high? No, that game I'm was still, crazy. I'm still, I'm still riding high right now, man. That game <laughs> was awesome yesterday. I mean, whew, going in there, winning that game uh, down there in <laughs> Dallas. I mean, it's a crazy atmosphere. Texas number three in the country, and we got it done. So Absolutely. I am pumped. Most pumped I've been about in OU football in a couple years. Yeah, Let's go. That's awesome, man. Absolutely. Yeah. It was Absolutely. a tough season for the Sooners last year. Bounce back. Huge win against Texas at the at the Cotton Bowl. Uh, BGB, you are the sultan of college football Twitter, essentially. Uh, talk a lot about game day stuff and, yeah. you know, wa watching, you know, setups and things like that. On a, on a Red River rivalry day, what are you doing? <laughs> Where are you watching? Like, what are you drinking? What, what do you need to make sure you can navigate a rivalry game like that? And how many screens around <laughs> your house are tuned in? So every room you're in. So, so I've got three TVs that I use to, to watch the games, uh, my iPad. Um, and, and I, I mean, I, I like though I've gone down to the Red River rivalry. I'm an OU alum. I went there for school. It's fun to go down to that game. Um, maybe once. Um, it, <laughs> like it's it's That's enough. The, like it you if like you guys you guys need to go down there, experience it, soak it all in. I mean, go into the Texas State Fair. I'm just like I mean, a it's ridiculously expensive. Um, parking there is just a nightmare. Going driving down to Dallas from Oklahoma City, it's like you are it's like a four, three and a half four hour drive you are literally going at a snail's pace on friday afternoon driving down to dallas it's it's uh it's a massive migration of oklahomans going down to dallas um, so so i prefer watching the game uh it, you know in the air conditioning where you know my bathroom's right across the hall there you um go. so but but yeah man it was an awesome win yesterday and i mean got a lot of great football yesterday i saw the beads i don't have pac-12 network but uh <laughs> I was following the game. A lot of people don't. It. A lot of people don't. But that's yeah, okay. I was following the game while I was uh, watching USC almost lose to Arizona. And uh, so close. You know, yeah, I was surprised you guys can score as many points as you did. Uh, that, that was uh, impressive. DJ lightening up, having a good day out there in uh, Berkeley. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I have to say, I got one question, though, about uh, where did you find that horns down stogie that you were celebrating with yesterday? <laughs> oh, I think I won that. I got that at a golf tournament. Someone gave that to me. Yeah, I had to do something <laughs> for winning yes. that game. The, Absolutely. The cigar with the upside down, horns down, man. That was, whoo, I was riding high that day. Yesterday. <laughs> I thought, I looked, I saw the, I saw the photo you posted. I thought that was photoshopped. I, I didn't realize that was like a real like stogie uh, accessory. That's it awesome. was a cigar. No, it was yeah. a cigar, but the the, the, yeah. the horns down the longhorn was was I pho photoshopped that in. Okay. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. That'd be a <laughs> cigar though. That'd be a sweet cigar. Yeah. I didn't know if it was like a case or a cutter. Yeah, well, we should do a collab on this. Like, you could just do like rivalry uh, cutters or emblems for <laughs> cigars. 
Yeah, we make, it, we make a killing make a business now that I. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, let's let's go into Oregon State a little bit. You mentioned uh, obviously a little, a little bit surprising seeing Oregon State put up fifty two points. Uh, yeah. You got to see Oregon State in person the week before, where it was more of, of a defensive centric game. Um, that I think we were probably expecting a more defensive centric game on that Friday against Utah. And we'll talk like a little bit of X's and O's and, and stuff as well. But your first trip to Corvallis. A, a, a game at you know newly renovated, newly uh, open Research Stadium. Uh, you said a lot of nice things on Twitter, but now that we're yeah. here talking on person on Zoom, like uh, what what did you think, and just how good of a time did you have? Yeah, man, I had a great time. I I got a tour. The equipment guys, uh, awesome guys down there, um, doing all the equipment, jerseys and everything. They gave me a tour of the stadium. Uh, what was it Thursday night? And uh, just got to see all the new renovations, like the the suites or like where all the high donors sit. Like, oh my gosh! I mean, it's like a, a this. I mean, it's crazy. Crazy how nice the, these seats are like recliners. Um, super you nice. Know, kitchenette. Got, yeah, super fancy. <laughs> oh, I mean, food, and I you've got that. like you got TVs in the like where the seats are, so you can like watch other games and stuff. I, I, I was oh, impressed. That's awesome. um, yeah, it was uh, very swanky uh, feel to it. Uh, it was it was nice. Um, so did that Thursday night. Did there was a me, we collab with the equipment team of me like helping out with the decals putting the the beaver decal on the helmet which is a lot harder than it looks <laughs> uh, yeah yeah you got to take a class on that or something because i could not maybe i'm just not good at it but trying to put that beaver logo on the like new like R- Rydell like helmets man that was hard <laughs> um definitely a challenge but uh yeah, man, I, I've been I've driven through Corvallis before, but this was the first time I've like kind of just camped out and stayed there for a couple of days. It's a cool little town. Um, love how like the downtown areas like right on that Willamette River um, campus obviously is great. Uh, it, it's got a cool vibe to it. I like it. And everyone there was just so so friendly and just like grateful that I was there. Uh, it, it was uh, it was cool. I had a great time. I mean, I'll try and come back for a game next year. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I, I think you give a, a lot of Beaver fans love when uh, we're not necessarily used to that. So we certainly appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, uh, absolutely. But outside of uh, like the stadium, Corvallis, uh, we were all really excited to see how the team was going to play sort of their first home Pac-12 game. I, I don't know about Terry and JP, I was really excited to see the crowd's reaction because it was the first time that there's a home game with schools in session. But just what were your general thoughts of uh, the vibe within the stadium during the game? Yeah, I thought the atmosphere was great. I mean, the student section was there probably. I mean, it was full like within an hour before the game. And that's a big student sections. That's the one thing that I ranked that people go crazy about. <laughs> um, I was impressed. I was impressed with that. Um, I mean, just uh, um, it, the the state. I mean, how many? What's the seating capacity in that stadium? It's like 50,000. It's I think 40. it's like, over forty. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it got it got really loud. There were some times um, in the third quarter when Utah was driving. Um, I forget JP. I think it was when me and you were getting a beer at, on the terrace um, when Oregon State stopped uh, Utah like down in their own end zone. I mean, that place just went crazy yeah uh loud very loud um so uh it, it was it was impressive and, and you know I, it was kind of kind of the game that i kind of thought it would be i mean i thought it would be an ugly slug fest i didn't think i mean i watched the utah ucla game the week before and i knew like nate johnson if you watch him that guy cannot complete a plot complete a pass to anybody i mean god bless the kid <laughs> but i mean 
he just could not. It, it was very painful to watch him play. Um, so I, I knew Oregon State had a good chance to win this game. And, uh, you know, th- they got it done. I mean, DJ had some good plays. That uh, was it Stylus Bolden. He had some good plays. Um, so it was uh, it was a good game. And, you know, students storm the field um, and, you know, Utes go down. The Utah's fan base does not like me, um, I guess, because <laughs> I went to a BYU game uh, a year ago and I've we've kind of had some run ins on Twitter. I've kind of trolled them a little yeah. bit. So. They do not like me. So me being there at the game uh, with them losing, I think that they they really did not like that at all. And I definitely <laughs> rubbed it in their faces. College football fans do tend to be super reasonable on Twitter. So that's very weird <laughs> to me. <but>. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, I should show you my DMs. <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't even imagine. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Your emails. Long emails. Oh, wow. Fans about stuff. How man. did you not know about this piece? Pizza spot, BGD. Yeah. It is definitely number one. Yeah, yeah exactly. No, it's good stuff, though. Oh man, yeah, that that's awesome. So, um, you you enjoyed the game. You enjoyed the new side of Reeser. You got to kind of get the ins and outs of Reeser Stadium. Uh, you also stayed a couple nights in Corvallis, though. It wasn't just a yeah. quick one one night hitter. So. What uh, what did you what did you eat? Where did you go? Uh, did any yeah. shout outs you'd like to make for any places you we went? Yeah, so I'm a huge coffee guy. Like I drink like probably five or six cups of coffee a day. Like I'm up real early just drinking coffee. And um, so I love like how there were so many like coffee places. Uh, I'm trying to think. Coffee culture. Yeah, went there a couple yeah. times. Um, oh gosh, I- I'm drawing up Allen's ever... coffee. That, yeah, that's Alan right next yeah. over by the Greek houses. Um, oh nice. I'm trying to think where there they had there's a place downtown and then like a little further down the street they had their own shop um god it's over by like the block 15 brewery brewery uh god I can't, I can't remember its name um yeah I know you're talking about they're like a bakery as well right yeah yeah that was good um and then then I got a tour of the uh block 15 cool good beer this is the thing I like about that area the area that you guys are in is like you've got like coffee wine beer I mean just food <laughs> that's like literally grown from like a mile away just brought into Corvallis like they had like a farmer's market uh going on Saturday morning and I was like god I wish I could take a lot of this stuff home with me I'm sure it's pretty dang good um so I was there um where else did I go I went to uh Peacock Bar uh yes that's a that's a legendary (laughs) bar supposedly it is um yeah I watched (laughs) that old Colorado USC game there uh that was fun um I'm trying to think did you go upstairs at the Peacock or did you stay downstairs I stayed downstairs oh Smart yeah. choice. I don't yeah. know if upstairs is Unless open on, on Saturday 22. afternoon. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not into the nightclub scene anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I had a bunch of people after the game telling me to hit up the bars uh, afterhand, and I'm like, man, I'm going to bed. I, yeah. I I'm, not, I, I'm not. I'm not going out till 2 a.m. Uh, <laughs> going out with the frat kids. Um, but. Uh, but yeah no it was great man it was great Uh, i just i love the downtown area Mm -hmm, uh and just like how it's like kind of right next to campus i just love the the weather out there like when i got back to oklahoma city it was like 95 degrees and i'm like oh (laughs) hell just book a flight back to oregon like i I don't want to live up there Uh, yeah falls are nice um yeah it's gorgeous it was was a perfect it was a perfect evening too that night it was supposed to rain it was supposed to rain at the utah for the utah game uh it stayed dry and uh, at least until later that night but like that whole weekend was just like yeah perfect warm fall weather for the northwest for football 
nothing tops it. Yeah. Yeah. It could not have been a better setting for that game on Friday night. I mean, yeah. it was, it was perfect. Um, it was great. The, my only problem was I was sitting so low that that Fox camera guy oh. kept like <laughs> going around and like, right. Whenever they would be like on the 20 yard line or whatever, where I was sitting, like the dude was literally like blocking me. So you could not see it. Same thing happened. When I was at the Minnesota Nebraska game. I don't know why they do that. But it's like, got to get tickets right. a little higher up next time. <laughs> Yeah, get, like one, that. get one on one of those uh those like tall towers yeah, yeah. It's like they should McFarland. let you they should let you drive one yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I don't, don't understand the camera but uh well matching the vibes of the evening and it being a perfect night for football it was probably a pretty perfect game as far as oregon state standards go coming off a loss at Wazoo to get uh, a win at home against the top 10 team. Obviously huge for our season. Uh, just like what we're kind of, you you watch every team <laughs> yeah. a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, uh, maybe the national, uh, it's hard to get a read on sort of the national thoughts of Oregon State just with everything that's going on with realignment. And we have some questions about that for you as well. But just in yeah. terms of how good is this team is it kind of just uh, between 10, 15, kind of like a good team, but still on the outside looking in when it comes to like true playoff stuff? Or did they show you something on that Friday night, at least defensively, that suggests like, oh, maybe this is the fly in the West Coast football ointment and they could interrupt the, the USC, UW, Oregon glamour party before they go to the Big Ten uh, and maybe sneak into a playoff or a New Year's Six Bowl game this year? Yeah, you know, I, I had picked Oregon State to win the Pac-12 at the very beginning of the season. Because um, right, you're a good person, and that's why you're on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> has a lot to do with it. Yeah. Um, but, you, you know, watching that game, you know, when I before the season, I thought DJ Uyunglele, I thought him getting a fresh start uh, up there in Corvallis, I thought that would be good for him. So, I mean, he was just under a microscope at Clemson. Um, along that with the offensive line plus the running game you have, I thought it would be a good – um, a good, I mean, because I mean, last year you didn't, I mean, uh, what's his face? Uh, Goldbrinson, Goldbrinson, uh, I mean, and uh, Chance yeah, Nolan, yeah, and Chance Nolan. I mean, they, they just, I mean, uh, I mean, more are not as good as DJ. Um, so I, I just think that you know, that going into that Utah game, I, I like they didn't have they don't have Cam Rising, so they're not the same, they're physical, but without Cam Rising, they are not, in my opinion, even a top 25 team. So I thought the all would win that game. I mean, I that was an easy pick. Um, now look, going the rest of the way. Now, like last last yesterday was kind of was good because it shows that hey, Oregon State can win in a shootout. Um, the week before against Washington State, I thought that Wazoo kind of was a little too athletic for Oregon State, beating you guys uh, on the deep ball. Jo uh, Josh Kelly, that receiver. I mean, he's very very talented cam ward it, it was that that wasn't well, that's not oregon state style of play but they looked looked like that against cal yesterday so that's promising um oregon and washington are at the end of the year that's uh i mean i think you could split one of those or i mean you go you play at eugene is the washington game is that in seattle it's in corvallis, oh, it's, in corvallis. Or, it's in corvallis okay that's good well, we've got washington at home and uh yeah. Oregon on the road. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Washington looked like super scary uh, the first like four weeks of the season. Then Arizona made them, I mean, made them look human. Um, Oregon still don't really know much about Oregon. I mean, they beat the brakes off of Colorado um, and that's really about, about it. I mean, have, have they who else have they played? At 
Yeah. At Texas Tech, which they okay, won, yeah, like, yeah, that's that one. Yeah, yeah. That, that, yeah, yeah that was yeah. a close game. Yeah, uh, Shuck quarterback for yeah, he threw that interception at the end that they picked off in return. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, I I think it's it's all on the the table for Oregon State. I mean, I, I they could beat Oregon. Um, I, I'm not scared about that. Uh, it's Washington with that offense, um, Michael Penix and those receivers. If I'm a if I'm a defensive coordinator, I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night uh, trying to scheme against those guys because I mean they can just do so much and Penix can stretch the field with his arm. Um, I think he's much better than Bo Nix and I mean, but you get them at home, so that's good. I mean, when's the last time Oregon State has won in Eugene? I don't. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Two thousand seven. Okay, so it's been a minute. Yeah. But I, you know, last last year was I mean. Jonathan Smith, it looks like, I mean, just uh, this team has a chip on their shoulder that I, that I like. And uh, is, is assuming that the roster stays healthy because, you know, injuries play a huge part in everything. Um, I really like Oregon State's chances here um, against Oregon and Washington. Um, you guys play at Colorado, I think, before that. Yep, I think do. you should beat Colorado. I mean, uh, Dion, you know, they're all making the news uh, with everything, even if they're on the Pac-12 network yesterday. I think you guys can beat them. Um, I, I just Oregon State is probably the most physical. I would say Oregon State and Utah are probably the two most physical teams in the Pac-12. I mean, would you guys agree? Yeah, I, yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah. 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 UCLA, I mean, what UCLA did to uh, Wazoo yesterday was impressive. I mean, they they really shut them down. Uh, Cam Ward looked looked very average. I mean, they did not have success at all. So that defense, uh, Chip Kelly, usually an offensive guy, they're they're doing well on defense. Um, so you guys have to play them too. So yeah, next um, week, yeah. So it's going to be tough with the loss to Wazoo hurts. Um, but but I I really think you can you can you can probably win lose one of those games. Um, I mean, you saw USC play last night. It's yeah. uh, they're going to lose a couple games. It's only a matter of time. Um, so uh, this year is is the most invested I've been in Pac-12 football since maybe when. Matt Liner and Reggie Bush were at USC. I mean, this this is the most fun I've ever had talking about this conference because there's so many good teams. And there's so much good quarterback play. Well, I, BGB, I can't I can't say anything about your timing because this is the only final season of the Pac-12 play. But yeah, we're, we're glad to have dance. you on board. <laughs> it's the last dance, last dance. I said someone needs exactly. to make a documentary about this For like, real? last style uh, uh, with Michael Jordan, and this thing would make millions. Yeah, yeah. Michael, Michael Jordan should do it. He was an yeah. 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 yeah, do it. Yeah. No, do the history of the Pac-12, and then revolve it around <laughs> this season. So it's like this, this is Jordan's. 96 1996 year um when he won his last finals so um i'd love to see i mean the country i mean because i get a, i can get a good feel of of what people feel for teams all over the country and i i feel like the country loves Oregon State and Washington State right now. Um, I, I think there is a, a lot of support for both of those schools. I think a lot of people think that you guys got screwed over, which you did. Um, it sucks what what's happened. Um, and I think a lot of people are, are you know, going towards you guys uh, to support you guys because I, I, I think people feel bad about what happened. And, uh, you know, we can talk about realignment, but uh, I mean, what Washington and Oregon did to you guys and wazoo i mean it, it's i hate it i hate what's happening so um a lot of uncertainty too for you guys so yeah hate all that and i think the country hates that too and you know they, that that's why you see a lot of support for 
the beeves and the cougs right now. What do you think the college football landscape is going to look like in five years from now? And and are teams like Kansas State or Houston or um, even like Northwestern or Rutgers, like what is their position going to look like in five years? Are they going to be left out too? Or Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Five years. I mean, I think it's going to be the same um, for the next, once we get this round done, I, I think things are going to look the same for the next, I don't know, until like 2030, which is what, seven, seven years. Um, I think that the next round of of realignment is going to be consolidation, kicking the Rutgers, the Vanderbilt, um, you know, the dead weight out of your conference, Boston College. Um, I, I, cause I think there's eventually going to be like a 30 team model, all the big brands playing each other. Um, like I, I think, I truly think that the, the elite teams from the big 10 and the sec are going to merge. And that's going to be the, the upper echelon of college football. Um, cause that, that's what the TV networks want. They want Bama against Penn state, USC against Michigan. They want those matchups every week. Um, and I hate that. I, I mean, I'm not, NFL guy you guys are talking about and I haven't even watched an NFL game at all today uh, I've been watching you know games that I missed yesterday uh, and watching the kid because you know my wife let, lets me you know watch football all day so I I, I do watch the kid uh, got so she's the NFL fan you you're, the, you're the college football fan. he's a college football fan we just yeah I just yeah, yeah. I've never been a big been a, the, the there's no there's no pageantry it's just scale to me yeah um, and so I don't like what the TV executives are trying to do. They're trying to make it NFL yeah, 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I just, that that's not what college football is about. The college football is about, you know, practically, you know, Oregon and Oregon state playing, uh, what, how far is Eugene from Corvallis? Um, 40 miles, 40 miles, 40 yeah, miles yeah. so like an hour at the most. Yeah. I mean, it's all about those fan bases getting together, just hating each other. Um, it's not about Oregon going to play Ohio State. While, while that may be a great matchup, it, there's no. It'll wear off uh, in a, in a couple of years. Like those big matchups, we it's it won't be the same because the fans aren't going to have that built up passion that they've had for over a hundred years um, with with the, with the teams that they've been playing. So uh, like it sounds all great right now, but it, but eventually it will wear down and we're going to be looking at these TV networks like what the hell did you do to college football? And I, I hate it. I hate it. Um, you know, everyone and every time I say anything, everyone gets at me on Twitter. They're like, oh, well, you started oh, you going to the SEC, blah, blah, blah. I wish oh, you would stay in the Big 12. I really do. Um, I mean, I think we're going to go into the SEC and get our ass kicked personally. Uh, and uh, and I, I don't like it. I just I don't like it. I like regional, you know, college college sports being regional because um, I think that's the most important. That's what makes this such a special, uh, you know, sport for I mean, baseball, basketball you name it um th that's what makes college sports so much better than pro sports um so uh, I, that's I, 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 yeah, I feel like it's interesting because i this if you do think back you probably anyone could probably seen this coming for the last 50 40 years because one networks and uh, tv money was skyrocketing but two uh non-con games expanded from regionality to mm -hmm. oh let's just let's set a cool matchup let's like where there's fans or there's interest or there's intrigue doesn't matter where they're from or what kind of relationship we have with them it's not like we're gonna go you know play portland state and just yeah. call, you know call a local game and make it good they they started to increase there and then i think what they really saw was oh there's 
this makes each game a little bit more appealing to a broader audience, especially the TV network. So they, they're trying yeah. to take that same approach. And I, I agree with you because I think what's going to happen is it'll lose its lure uh, yeah. within a couple of years because they're going to be like, okay, this was cool when it was a once every five years kind of game. But every single season, every other season, like I, I'm not going to go travel to yeah. this. I, I, I'm not going to go tune in for this as a third-party fan. I'm curious, though, like how does – how does college football correct itself then at this point? Is there any route to self-correction? Or are we just going to go down this route where, yeah, there's going to be a new NFL junior? And like the way I see it at least is that will happen and there will be a new college football that will maybe you know come or arise from the ashes in 15 years. But it will take a lot of time to get that regionality back. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I mean it's, unfortunately, everyone's chasing the dollar. So as long as those TV dollars are out there for, for picking, they're going to go after it. Um, it sucks. I mean, I, I just try to embrace the suck, I guess. Um, you know, it, it's and I say this as a no you guy, you guys are you guys have no idea what your schedule is going to look like next year. Like, I mean, who am I to say that this whole thing? You guys are the ones that are living it. Um, so it, 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 it sucks. It truly does suck. Um, and, I, and unfortunately, I don't see I, I don't see it getting better anytime soon. I think when the ashes settle and we realize how stupid we were to let some of these things happen, then I think maybe there'll be some sort of course correction or something. I hope um, if people have any sense of morality um, for, for the sport. But I mean, this sport, college sports have been the greatest for over 150 years because of regional rivalries and passion and pageantry and they're trying to strip that from it and that's just it, it's it's not going to work yeah let's not forget like a lot of these like these athletes they they go to these schools and they're local right so they grew up yeah. they grew up in these rivalries they grew up in that passion and now you're telling them like hey no ignore that just go go out there and perform like you're a professional athlete like yeah we need you to go out to michigan and go go play ball sorry uh, screw your family yeah. and friends, but yeah, this is this is your new job now, and you're not getting well. Yeah. Well, you're, you're not supposed to be getting paid for it, at least <laughs> not, not nil. <laughs> so, so to to that point, um, obviously OU's biggest rival being Texas, but I would imagine that there is some sort of rivalry between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, and mm -hmm. oh um, yeah, what what is the general feeling between those two schools? Because obviously Oklahoma State is much more secure than Oregon State, uh, but it, was there still venom from Oklahoma State oh, yeah. fans? Yes. Oklahoma? Okay. yes, a lot of bitterness. My wife went to Oklahoma State. Um, she freaking hates <laughs> House OU. divided. Uh, yeah, house divided. I've got a Oklahoma State boom picking stadium in the background of here. Um, but yes, uh, there's a time. I mean, it, it's like Texas and Texas A&M with the whole deal with the Longhorn Network and how that fizzled out. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, Oklahoma State takes what happened personal. They don't want to play OU anymore. And that, that a lot of that has, I mean, OU is, is fine continuing playing bedlam at the end of the year just you know like every like you know, like we do now um but oklahoma state didn't want to do it uh and i think that has a lot to do with mike gundy who kind of controls the program up there in stillwater and he's like i think like two and 13 uh you can check that I, I, he's he's won twice against uh OU and his like entire time there or three, three times now, three times he, he did, he did, they did this in 2021. Um, so yeah, it sucks. That game is not going to happen because of just people are just mad and they, they don't, they're, they're just so bitter that they don't want to play.
play. And I worry that that's going to happen to Oregon and Oregon State, to Washington and Washington State. Uh, I'm trying to think of some other rivalries that are getting killed out of this. Um, those are the two. Those are, I, I guess those are the three main ones. But you also uh, lose like Cal, UCLA. I mean, that was older, already gone. But I mean, that, not yeah, a rivalry. Yeah, we but... haven't even talked about the ACC garbage. That I mean, Cal and Stanford. <laughs> Going to the freaking ACC. I mean, get out of here. That is a bunch of crap. And and I, I was so funny because I was in that, you know, Reister Stadium was rocking Friday night. And then yeah. someone sent me a video of the Cal game. Uh, they were playing, <laughs> uh, who were they playing? I think they were playing Arizona State. And there's like 50 people there. Uh, I mean, it looks like. Uh, they like announced 35,000. 35, 35 yeah, yeah, there's no way. That's a lie. Um, it's, uh, yeah, so the ACC is getting that and Stanford which you know Oregon was playing there there was like another another 50 people at that game so it's like how can you just just I I guess it's academics is what they're going after I'm sure I think I think they took those two schools because with the hope that hey maybe Notre Dame will eventually join the ACC one oh, day 100%. I doubt it yeah um yeah. but I mean it's just like those schools don't even care about football uh, right. so it, it's it, it, it that was frustrating to me being like this place these people care about the sports and and their university uh i mean if you've been to the bay area you realize like oh, i'm from the bay area no yeah, one cares people there don't, people don't care about about college sports in that area um so it just it blows my mind uh what's going on right now it just i think I that's honestly I, though why they why they felt it was okay to go they're like no one here cares anyways you might as well be like a tv deal yeah like, yeah, like we're not yeah, drawing yeah, crowds I so i i mean i understand it in that sense but yeah they, it, they're failing on on all fronts anyways for sure and you have Florida State and Clemson with one foot out the door in that conference anyway. So that almost seems like it could be the next Pac-12 whenever oh, yeah. their media deal comes Oh, out. yeah. It's eventually that that conference. That, what happened with them was when the Big Ten poached Maryland. I forget what year it was. Back in 2012 20, or something 20, like that. Yeah. yeah. They, the ACC teams got extremely paranoid. And so they all came together, made this incredibly just extremely hard to get out of grant of rights. That, I mean, no. No one can get out of. I mean, even they've hired all the lawyers and everything. No one can get out of it because they don't <laughs> want teams leaving the ACC. And now they've seen the money that teams are going to be making in other conferences. And they're like, well, we want to get out of this conference. We're going to be in the hole by 40 million compared to the SEC and Big Ten. And so I think eventually that conference is going to it's going to implode. And yeah, we'll have another pack pack uh, pack 12 situation. I just keep hoping and praying that the Big 12 adds uh, Oregon State and Washington State. I think that makes the most sense. Um, you know, I, I kn know all the, those fan bases very well. I think or Oregon State and Washington State would fit in perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't want to see you guys at, you know, add the Mountain West teams and still be the Pac-12 because it's just not going to be the same. Um, I, I would just like to see a fresh start with you guys joining the Big 12, which I've heard. I mean, there's some smoke about that. Um, and yeah. you know, I, I just I just hope eventually it gets done. I think it's the right thing to do. And uh, I think Big 12 fans would love going to Corvallis and, and the Palouse up there in Pullman. What about, though, the, the financial implications of that, though? And I think that's maybe yeah. where the smoke's coming from, right, is that uh, there's rumors that Oregon, especially, uh, and Washington, they don't want their counterparts now to go without uh, a conference because that's a lot. There's a lot on the line, not just from, you know, the, the, the pool of money that's still remaining in the conference, but also legislation that would uh, require them to subsidize the difference and essentially causing them to break under even for even making a move to another conference. So 
I, I mean, it's definitely like a what's the best move here for both these schools. It's so hard to really path that out because at one at one way, yeah, you have a lot of control of your own destiny, but it's an insanely difficult path. Uh, another way, you might fit well, you belong, um, but now uh, you're you're kind of going at the beck and call of the universities that bailed on you. So. Yeah. Maybe there's some ego and pride involved, but it's certainly going to be beyond fascinating to follow over the next, I mean, probably three months. I think in the yeah. before the end of this year, we're going to really know where the dust settles on all of this. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, you're right. I mean, I just, I, I hope that you guys don't get just completely screwed over and they're playing New Mexico and UNLV and those, those kind of schools. Um, that's just, that's my biggest fear out of this whole thing. Um, and I don't even know what the TV revenue would look like. Uh, what's the pack? What's the Mountain West making? They're like making like seven, eight million a year in between, TV. I think between five that. and eight, depending yeah. on yeah. the. And by the way, when did people, I, it, what pisses me off about fan bases is they care so much about how much money, TV money we're making. Like, oh. like it's, it's like a <laughs> bragging right. They're like, they're like <laughs> we're, making, we're making 40, 50 million a year. Like, I'm like, you, you idiot. You're not going to see one yeah. penny of that. Uh, I guess in recruiting you know it helps recruits but you're still gonna you're gonna be paying more in ticket prices more in parking um yep. you know, it's not the the own that you think it is um so <laughs> I, i've been know. complaining about this i and honestly the pac-12 started this like there wasn't there was never there was an identity around a conference if you were a fan of a college team you knew a conference you were you were proud about being in that conference but you weren't like i love my conference you're like SEC, SEC, all that. Yeah. yeah. You were like, no, no, no. I hate everyone else in my conference, but I'm an I'm an SEC, you know, guy, or whatever. And I, I, my school's SEC. Same, same with the Pac-12. Then the Pac-12 came out with the back-to-pack stuff, or especially in Oregon's rise, or, you know, secondary rise. And they they started to drive the network, especially started to drive that narrative of like love your conference take pride in your conference your conference equals just as much as the team that you support within the conference or the school you support yeah. and i think that that has caught fire and i think that fox ran with that and espn ran with that and all like really all all the media networks ran with it because it was an easy way to galvanize a broader fan base than just promote one school or a couple schools that were highlighter schools uh for primetime games etc um but yeah i think I think eventually it will come back to bite everybody because these conferences don't mean anything. As somebody who's on the receiving end of what it means to be a Pac-12 fan, even though I never backed the Pac, I'll be on on there on record saying I never backed the Pac because I never will support Oregon. But uh, there you go. Yeah, I mean everybody's gonna <laughs> everyone who kind of follows that path is gonna get screwed, and the the networks are just be like, "Thank you, you printed us some more money, you tuned in yeah. to your conference that you didn't care about, but thanks for thanks for watching, giving us some eyeballs." So. Uh, yeah, I'm in agreement. Yeah. Crazy times. <laughs> it is. Times indeed. Um, all right. Well, let's get out of here. Uh, thank you so much for taking some time with us, Big Game Boomer. It is Absolutely. at Big Game Boomer on Twitter. Anything that you would like to promote to our listeners uh, and our, our community that where they can check you out and, uh, and find your work? I mean, I, I'm sure, I mean, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, um, I do a podcast once a week. Uh, I mean, that's about it. I mean, I, like Dion says, I ain't hard to find. So uh, <laughs> just get on, get on social media and I'm, I'm sure you'll see someone arguing about something that I said recently. Uh, probably. So, probably. Yes. You, you I do uh, have that way about you. you yeah. You I, 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 I can't debate BGB. 
Yeah, no, that's all. That's all it is. I got online once, saw everyone just arguing about politics and crap, and I was like, let's just argue about sports. And, yeah, that's uh, right. I've been been running with it for three uh, three years now. Um, so, but but you know, I was so impressed with Oregon State. Everyone was there was so nice. Um, you guys deserve to be in the Power Five conference, and uh, hope it happens. Hope the rest of the season goes great. I'll be pulling for you guys, um, especially against Oregon. Those Ducks, they've been in my mentions <laughs> a lot since I've been in Corvallis. Yeah, yeah. So, so uh. <laughs> So <laughs> with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, exactly. We, we appreciate you wielding that power for us. Uh, Big exactly. Game Boomer, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Thank you so much for saying it with your chest that Oregon State is a Power 5 football team. We know that, of course. Our listeners know that. But the wider world needs to know that as well. Thanks so much for taking some time with us. Uh, congrats again on winning the Red River. Enjoy the rest of the college uh, football season. And Texas still sucks. Texas still sucks. Always sucks. Horns down. You know, y'all, y'all, yeah, y'all, y'all know that up there. Yeah. All right. Y'all All take right. it easy. Appreciate Thanks, it. Game. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for being here. Coming on. Yeah. Dude, that guy must be so busy if he's watching, like he watches pretty much all the televised college football games. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. He watches a, a ton of games. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to show like he puts obviously a ton of work and effort into what he does. I don't watch much Seinfeld, but there's one bit that I love, <laughs> and it's when George Costanza quits his job, and he's just like, I, I don't know what I should do. And Jerry's like, well, what do you like? He's like, I like watching sports. Maybe I could be a GM. And he's like, no, 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 you can't do that. And he's like, well, what else do you like to do? And he's like, well, this girl the other day said I was a very good conversationalist. Maybe maybe I could do like broadcasting or something. And, and they obviously just like laughed it off. But now you can do that. Like now you absolutely can do that. And it's just normal dudes like him who enjoy sports that are putting together lists of what he thinks and just goes to show you don't need like a Kirk Herbstreet who's played college football to have an official list uh, um, that people can buy into. So uh, it, it's cool to see him do what he does. Absolutely. Should we plow ahead right now? Yeah, let's just plow ahead. Like, I mean, we're already through segment one. Like, we haven't done the beers. But I haven't even opened my beer yet, so I got to go do that. You, ha- you haven't opened your beer. You need a bottle opener, right? Yeah. And that brings us to the bragging beers segment where I have a Bud Light tall boy because why not? It's playoff baseball, and it's coming down to the stretch in college football. I need something that goes down easy, and Bud Light is basically water, <laughs> and I need to hydrate. <laughs> so that is what I am drinking tonight. JP, you had to go upstairs to get a bottle opener and everything for whatever special beer that you have. It's not even special. It's an Elysian Space Dust. I'm going to look how cute That's that special. little logo is. Yeah. Look that little hop is. Little Who hop knew is a it? hop could be so cute? It's a, is the little hop inhaling secondhand hop smoke or is it exhaling? Or is he puking? He's puking. He's puking he's pixie puking. dust. Yeah. Now it makes sense. Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> yeah. Happy to clear that up. Yeah. But it's good. It's very good. It's still a good beer. It fuck Budweiser, to be honest. Like they bought them and I'm Oh. I've I've been I've been done. Well, I was just I I've been torched some of my favorite breweries and beers. Uh, have been destroyed by bad acquisitions, and I'm sick of it. I'm absolutely sick of it. And Elysian's hung on decently, but they haven't come out with anything new. They just kind of like, like, here, we've got our money makers. Let's keep going. Space Dust is one of those money makers. 
And I would say it's on. Oh, Niners just got another interception, I think. Or anyways, uh, it is on par with a very well done normal IPA that Ecliptic does with Starburst. Nice. But I also there's think an, has alcohol in it. There is a it does. beer that's out of Indiana, I want to say, that is space related as well, or something dust. Z- zombie dust, maybe? Mm. Are you familiar with this? Maybe it's zombie related. Mm. It's a, it's my sis my sister's husband talks you know about the it brewery? all is the it, time. Is it three Floyd three Floyds is in Indiana? Yeah, it is isn't. it is three yeah. Floyds. I've had yeah. that one, I think. I think I've had Have that you? one. He like yeah. always talks about it. Yeah. Three yeah. Floyds. Do you have a three Floyds buddy? Uh no, I had a mint earlier. Um, I don't think it ever kicked in though. Just like so. a regular. Wow. Yeah. Well, Mento- Mentos the fresh maker. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a, it was not that. Um. Yeah, I don't think it ever kicked in. I don't know. All right. Yeah. Maybe it will. Nice just scored by the way. In this segment. 42, 42 10. 10. Almost, Can yeah. Paul Molina wave the Dallas Cowboys white flag right now? Yeah. Oh, Fuck you, Paul Molina. Paul Molina. Bring, out, bring out your white flag. Yeah. Throw it up in the air and twist it around your head like a helicopter. Don't. No, we've already done so much, Petey Pablo. Terry, I see you. I see you. You're trying to do it. Don't do it. Don't. What beer do you have, Terry? We love you. I have a Bud Light. I already shared it. Oh. <laughs> nice <laughs> no, it's the only kind of beer in the house. We can forge ahead, though, into just uh, the the meat of the show. Thank you again <laughs> to Big Game Boomer for joining us. Yeah. Um, Oregon State football beat Cal 52-40 because why? We never lose in the Strawberry Canyon. Okay, we did last time, but that's that's besides the point. We never lose in Strawberry Canyon is back. And maybe for the last time because we might not ever play there again. But we never lose in Strawberry Canyon in 2023. Beavs win 52-40. Weird day for the defense, but I don't care. Oregon State wins and covers. Good teams win. Great teams cover. Oregon State did both of those things. DJ Uyunglele's best game as a Beav. Career high, five touchdowns. Aiden Childs adds another touchdown. And Damian Martinez adds one on the ground as well. I know you guys have so much you want to get into, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball in talking about this game but let's just let's start with like some rapid reactions you know jp what is uh like now that we're about 24 hours uh since since kickoff actually uh it was a pac-12 after dark game not not the latest one though as usc and arizona made sure of to go into triple overtime (laughs) but jp lots of points scored lots of fun plays uh what, what are you taking away from uh from this performance by your oregon state beavers uh down in berkeley this weekend I definitely love seeing DJ look comfortable. I think he he looked um he he had a, a good balance between like making the smart play, making the right play and making the tough play. And I think early on he wanted to make sure he didn't cause uh wasn't the cause of this team not winning and so he always made the smart play even if it wasn't the right play uh and and it didn't help the offense move downfield and i think i mean he had times where he did but not consistently like he did yesterday and what he did yesterday was you still saw some of those plays where he just threw it away nothing was there even the commentators called it. They're like, DJ just didn't see anything and just, you know, tossed away. So he said it would live again for a second down. You know, that is the kind of quarterback play that we need. We need somebody with that kind of intelligence. And DJ is bringing that to the table. And But now he's got the comfort. He's got the timing, the rhythm. The offensive line has clearly clicked very well with him. As, and and it, it gives him all the daylight he needs 
uh, and and really gives the receivers all the daylight they need to, to get any sort of separation. He made some great throws. Man, so the the ball to Golden was just or to Gold, sorry, it was just Golden and it was like <laughs> he he felt like I could do whatever I want and it was very very clear out there and I loved uh, seeing him turn that corner. Um, and, and I think it's going to open up so much more for Lindgren, knowing that DJ's finally settled in. And not finally as in it's taken him too long, but finally we, we feel like we've been waiting forever, but it's only been a couple of months. So uh, him getting settled in, getting in good rhythm, the defense or the offense clicking, uh, I, I, that, was, that was my biggest takeaway. It was very, very clear. Oh, and they, they uh, really incorporated the tight ends, which was massive. Yeah. Holy shit, did they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jack Velling had himself a career day. I think um, really, really happy to see, like you said, the coaches getting the tight ends involved. It adds another layer to our offense, which we've talked about plenty on on the show uh, that we already have plenty, plenty of layers to that offense. I second everything you said, Jay. I think um, DJ has now shown in the last two games and really going back to the Washington State game, he's shown uh, for, what would that be? Five straight halves, if you will. Um, um, that he can play, he could play on Sundays. He is showing us that he can play on Sundays. He's playing smart. Um, he has had some touch passes. There was a pass to Velling um, where he went off to the right uh, and it was a fade. And the touch on that ball was incredible as well because he, he had to loft it up. Um, but there were a couple other passes where it just like the precision had to be absolutely perfect. The gold one was, a, was another good example. Um, uh, that is what... I wanted to see when we were talking before the season started of you have DJ, you have two really fast receivers, you have Damien, you have the best O-line o in the conference. Um, that's what they can do. And that's what I think we all thought that they were capable of doing. It was amazing to see them put it all together uh, in Strawberry Canyon. I um, we'll, we'll get into more of this later, but like rapid reaction too is the defense can't do that. The defense can't <laughs> do what they did. They gave up 450 yards to a Cal team who does have, I would say, probably a middle of the road offense in the conference. Um, they're not, they're not terrible. Um, they're a good offense, but uh, between the the way that they played, but more so like the mistakes that they made and were shooting themselves in the foot, and a lot of that came on special teams. Um, but it seemed like the penalties were coming at the exact wrong time for us. Um, I, I do like the fact, the one thing on defense that I really like is the continued, um, physicality, big game boomer brought this up a little bit. Um, but we're, we're going to hit you and we're going to hit you hard. And that's good to see that that was still the case, even though Cal had way more yards and certainly way more points than I think any Beaver fan uh, wanted to see. But yeah, that, gonna, that was my initial reaction. We're going to talk more about the defense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I figured we, we'd start, we, we kind of go dessert first tonight and talk about uh, the 500 yards we put up in, until that final kneel, kneel down, which took us uh, took away the one yard that gave us 500 and left us at, with a total of, uh, of 499. Can't even realize. <laughs> I didn't it. know that. Yeah, that's funny. It was right, right. That that play before. I'm I'm forgetting what happened. Uh, but we got 500 yards exactly, and then DJ kneeled down, uh, which took one yard away. <laughs> Damn yeah. it. Um, but anyway, I do think the most important thing of this game is. DJ and Gould specifically finding another gear and really unlocking Gould as one of the biggest weapons that might exist in college football. And they were on, they're on the same page. They weren't being conservative. Lindgren was 
having DJ just like gun it out there and Gould going going deep. Uh, obviously, I think Saibo and Irish, and of course we're, we have to talk about Velling later. I think I'm I'm writing about Velling for for tomorrow. Uh, pretty historic nice. day. None of uh, the, the the modern Oregon State tight ends uh, have scored had three receiving touchdowns in, in a single game. So he's in uh, some company by himself with that. But I do think if we're thinking about how good can this team be, who these big, big hitters that they can maybe beat down the stretch, DJ and Anthony Gould being absolutely lethal has to make every Beaver fan feel good. Yeah, 100. We talked about it last week. Gold was going to have to get involved if this offense wanted to play to the capability that we knew they were capable of playing. Absolutely. And I think Boulder had a good game too, especially with those kick returns, giving us a short field. Even on the play he fumbled, the cut he made to yeah. get more yards before that was hard to blame him on that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah it's just that's that was a good happen. punch out. I mean, he was Shake holding the ball off. well. Give and the, he, he had Cal beat the credit. defender. Like he, in his mind, he didn't have to worry about getting punched out from behind. But Bolden, so much torque. Silas Bolden might be one of the most electrifying uh, skill players, skill position players yeah. in college football. Oh, for sure. In all of college football. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Yeah. I and, and I was glad to see him get really, really involved yesterday. And it it's been increasing week over week. But I think by the end of this season, we're gonna see um all most, if not all, of our big scoring plays go through him. Uh and it's not because the other players aren't capable of those big exciting scoring plays, but their their persistence on offense, uh and their consistency on offense are gonna open up a lot of those big opportunities for Silas and he just kind of has that natural ability to know what to do when when he's called upon for that kind of play like hey we need a big return all right i got you uh hey we're gonna give you a, a dump pass like get go for the yak let's see what you got and like no problem so he's he's just got that instinctiveness that uh knows like it's on me right now give me the rock I, i'll go operate um but but the offense in general being so highly talented will open up so many more of those opportunities for him but you can only score once on each drive so it's going to end up with a lot of scoring uh, drives with the end with a scoring play from Silas Bolden. I just I, there, I don't know if there's any other way uh, to look at this offense other than or special teams other than that's going to be the case. Yeah, I think I think this offense, I guess the my takeaway, my big takeaway from yesterday was that this offense can go toe to toe with any defense in, in the conference without a doubt. And and, and big game boomer, uh, I think, said Oregon State can win in a shootout and they can. That's new for us. Uh, uh, and, and I like that a lot. And I think that, um, you know, Silas and Gold have had two back-to-back very good games. Silas had the great game against Utah. He had still had a good game yesterday. Gold had a great game yesterday. What's going sort of under the radar is that the team isn't relying on Damian Martinez or Fenwick that much right now. Um, and uh, Do you we know obviously how many graphics have... I had ready for both <laughs> Damian yeah. and Deshaun yesterday. Yeah, waiting. I got one off, and it looked you know, like <laughs> six fingers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's a good thing. I, I think that it forces a team like UCLA, who also has a really good defense, um, it, it forces a team like UCLA to have to prepare for anything, yeah. whether that's an end around or a double reverse pass or just a, a quick slant by Anthony Gould or a run up the middle by Damian Martinez with a top five O-line in the country. Like how, as a defensive coordinator, how do you prepare for that? Like, 
like it's impossible and and so that has that is what Oregon State has done for the rest of their schedule is they're putting such a huge load on whatever defense they're playing before the game even starts by just the sheer level of of teams needing to prep for them um and so that is really good I I think if the offense can keep if offense can play the way they did against Cal and the defense can play half as good uh as what they did in every game with the exception of the Wazoo game um this is a team that can go and not just realistically but have a high level of probability of reaching the Pac-12 championship game I I was just so blown away by our offensing against Cal it was amazing and I and the rest of the the conference this weekend looked very vulnerable Yes. So there's there's so much still to shake out through the rest of the year. I think that I, I, there's one thing that a lot of people are forgetting, maybe at least I forgot, and I and I feel like it's been underspoken recently, and it's that the the Beavs have a very 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 favorable schedule. Yeah. Maybe the best, especially for the next month. Yeah, the best conference schedule uh, of any contender in the conference. So. If these uh, non-contender versus contender matchups keep waffling as they have been the last really two weeks, and we just keep winning as expected because we've got home matchups in the right time, we've got our way matchups against the right teams, there definitely, definitely is a, a major opportunity in front of us, especially if we play offensively like we did yesterday the rest of the season. And especially if we beat UCLA next weekend. Yeah. As that will be... A challenge, but one that uh, I think we uh, we should for sure take care of business. I think we'll be favored again, playing at home, homecoming, and that tough. I'll be there, that, coming uh, home. Exactly, <laughs> exactly, baby. Game three um, this year. We can't talk about Oregon State's defensive performance, Berkeley, without talking about the Isaac Hodgins touchdown counter going up to one. That over under of two and a half. That over's looking good by the day, baby. The uh, I, I think his celebration was top five all time for Oregon that, State. That should be worth another one. We're at two. Yeah. We're at, I, I just need one more to win the bet. <laughs> so what was funny with that with the celebration was uh, my the mini bebe actually was explaining to me not not too long ago, like maybe a week ago, just over that. There's a dance that uh, linemen do when they get a sack, and it's this like waddle dance. And he heard or looked up or something that it's like a penguin and you're waddling and. I don't know. I didn't. I had no idea. And I was like, well, that's kind of funny. And then I saw it and I was like, yeah, that's that. I get it. That looks like a penguin. Um, but then we had a listener or a follower who wrote us a, a, a gif of a penguin waddling after the Hodgins touchdown. Clearly, they understood it the same way. So I, Andre goes and engages with them like, oh, hey. Like, uh, looks like it's the penguin celebration. Either way, uh, that is a real thing. The penguin celebration is a real thing. But uh, Hodgins did, I think, clarify a bit um, today what he was trying to uh, be interpreted as. And it looked like he was trying to go like an ape walk uh, because somebody okay. posted the posted the wobble. And then he just, quote, tweeted it with like three, three gorillas. So definitely not penguins. <laughs> Uh, but the penguin one is a real thing. You, right. you know what? You know what? Other celebration I learned something about this weekend was when uh, a DB gets the pass breakup. They do this this action, which I always oh. thought was putting putting a sword back into the sheath. Right? I thought that yeah. it was the battle was over. But on the Pac-12 network, they said that was buckling somebody's seatbelt, like he's fastened, like locking. Oh, 
Right. I don't know which one it is now. Now all I can that see is sound the sound you're hearing is my mind blowing. <laughs> that might be the first wow. time I've ever done that. Let's go. This is when I need a little soundboard where I can make an explosion sound right now. <laughs> make right? a seat. Or well, make a tiny, like a tiny black hole explosion sound that no one hears. That's how Terry's brain would sound. This exploding. episode is brought to you by Safe Fit. What? The number one technology in seatbelt safety in 1994. Oh. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was basically putting your seatbelt through like a giant oven mitt. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what did it do? Yeah. It like protected your seatbelt from like bruising your body. I, I forgot about that. That was like, like a like if that was like a tacky crash. thing, man. That was like a tacky yeah. thing. That was like as you, uh, as seen like on a, TV. Yeah, you had like a fancy car, but you wanted not regular seatbelt, yeah. so you got Making the little it safe belt. to wear your seatbelt. Yeah. Nineteen ninety two. What was that called? Safe. Safe fit. Wasn't that the thing that where it would go across your stomach, but then it would so it, it yeah. didn't come from your hip to your shoulder. It went from like the other side of your belly button to your shoulder because it would like kind of hold it in one spot across I your lap. Know. You know what a fun stuff. celebration would be would be to the the action of getting your seatbelt through the safe fit. The celebration would last for a while. Oh, uh, you know what I think it would require be a lot of context. Hey, did Waddling you watch like daytime TV in the nineties? You didn't. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to need a minute. Oh, dude, if I did that, it would be like every sort of action you could do for, like, uh, game shows in the 90s. I would, like, spin the wheel on uh, Price is Right. I would be Vanna White across uh, across the word board. I would be, like, spinning the other wheel, the, the horizontal wheel for Jeopardy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jeopardy's a well, button. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wheel, wheel of Fortune. Fortune. Yeah, yeah. So horizontal wheel. Or you could do Jeopardy, button. just like trying to buzz in. Yeah, right. but I would do all of them at the same time. And someone would be like, "What is that guy doing? Has he lost his mind?" No, he's just doing that '90s celebration. Well, he just won every '90s <laughs> game show simultaneously. Yeah, <laughs> that's how dope of a play that was. He won twelve dollars on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Did I ever tell you guys my mom? My mom was on uh, Wheel of Fortune. What? Yeah. No. Yeah. Is that why she was able to retire recently? <laughs> no. <laughs> Back when she That's was funny. on it, it was it was uh, they didn't give away uh, money. It was prizes like Price is Right. But when oh, I grew up, weird. our ceiling fan was one that she won uh, on Wheel of Fortune, and I think That's we had funny. other like furniture that was also one on Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> That's so funny. Hey, if you had like family friends over. Yeah, like, well, where, did I, you get that at West Elm? No, no, no Wheel, Wheel of Fortune. Fortune. Bob Barker, or yeah, no, Pat, Pat Sajak. Yeah. Pat Sajak. Pat, yeah. yeah. Pat Summerall was mad at me by playing us. Pat Summerall doing Wheel of Fortune. Like, I'll I'll be fully on board with AI if AI can get me a Wheel of Fortune hosted by Pat Summerall. Oh, I bet you it can. Wait five I years. I guarantee you can. Not even five years. Wait, wait, wait six minutes. months. Not even. Yeah. What? Oh yeah, oh, man. So I work excited. with. I work with some companies that uh, can already make models of your of your voice, uh, and and you type a whole script and it will say it. What? Terry looks yeah. like he's watching something interesting. He's watching the, the Twins game. The Minnesota Twins have equaled the American League Division Series at one game apiece. Ah, nice. Let's go. One second ago. I, good. Through a I, first base. I hate Houston so much. Fuck the Astros. Yeah, yeah. The Trash Strows. The Trash Strows.
That's hard to say. I'll be there on Tuesday yelling, Benny thinks you're the trash throws. I'll have to come up with something woodier by then. Yeah. It's like anyway, a psalm. Oregon State's defense gave up 40 points in this game, but we don't need to talk about that. Oh, we just have okay. to I do it. want to make a point, though. I have a point, too, but you go yeah, first. Yeah, I'll say. Um, it's probably the same point. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe not. We're two different people. We're on one we're, podcast. We're very different. We're all one beaver fam. But you know what? We have two different brains, even if mm. one has exploded in a tiny little. It, it, it explodes supernova. It's supernova. It's about 111 times. That's how groundbreaking the show is. So so what I what I want to say is the defense did their job, and I, I, I want to make it, make it clear that I, I think the defense played well. I mean, we had takeaways, um, and they weren't gimmies. Like they, they actually earned the takeaways. But, but like forty points against Cal, yeah, was a little too high. There were too many yep. plays. There's too many drives where it looked like Cal had it too easy. Um, I I understand that they, they, they threw a lot of looks at us. Um, they used a lot of personnel. Mendoza looked good. Uh, he did look good. Cut it to him. Yeah. But, like, it wasn't like it was Ott going out there and just carving us. Yeah. It was it was, it was a, a shared effort from the offensive side of the ball. And so that's my only criticism is the defense performed. They got the turnovers. They didn't get to the quarterback. That's the that was also frustrating. They did not put enough pressure on the quarterback. Uh, they were there, but I don't know if they got even a sack. There were no sacks run. in the game. Yeah. No sacks. Yeah. So um, that's disturbing in a way, uh, but it, it was a little bit of a like let's showcase our bend don't break mentality, and I think they did that pretty well. Uh, and like I said, they 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 got what they needed, uh, but I. I don't know if that opportunity will be there really with many other opponents the rest of the season other than maybe Arizona. And it can't go without saying that we played without Jaden Robinson and without Ryan Cooper Jr. for the whole game and yeah. without uh, Calvin Hart Jr. and James Earls for the first half. First half, yeah. So, that, uh, totally. Good, good call. Lots of pieces. Yeah. Like, yeah. It did clean up a bit. The, the secondary half. looked like, and they made some good plays. Shout out to Jermon McCoy getting his first career interception mm -hmm. as a Eve. Yeah. The first yeah. interception of the season by a defensive back, which is nice to see. <laughs> Get that group off the snide. Um, but also it's like your two best cover guys, cover corners, are out. And you got Jermaine McCoy, Josiah Johnson, uh, Noble Thomas, and Tyrese Ivey, who are just being asked to step up. And also not having any film on Fernando Mendoza, any college film on him. Yeah. It's, it's tough. So it wasn't great. You want to see him do better than that. But everything we just brought up, I think, is fairly and reasonably valid. And well, it's on the road. And and we talked about it last week of um, you if you're Trent Bray, you have to stop uh, Jaden Ott and force the passing game to beat you. And that's exactly what they did. And to your point, having the vast majority of your secondary out, um, right. that's an even tougher spot to put those kids into. So that is a good point. I also think um, the, the Reichel roughing the kicker, penalty was a huge blow because we were going to get the ball back up 11 I believe um, so if, if I mean if DJ did what he had been doing all game you go down score now you're up 18 the game's sort of out of reach so that was another blow um, one thing kick, that we didn't thing. not the onside on kick, but, it was the, but because of the onside kick the defense yeah. was on their heels short field 
And then yeah. the inevitably bad thing happened of we had to give away. We turned it over the next drive. Mm-hmm. And I don't yeah. want to come down to the onside kick too hard because I think that same mentality is what helped us go five for five on fourth downs in the game. It, yep, but also yep. just the, on, the onside kick itself, it felt weird. It was also just it was ill time. Ex- it was it was ill. T- and it was also just not executed. Which made it feel weird, like I well, don't know. Well, Cal read was, that from a mile away. That's why they returned it like twenty yards. Right. So it was just kind of like you know why do that there when we were like about to like break the game open a little bit. I think we were up fourteen three at that point. Yeah. Yep. Around there, and it's just like if you just play your basic game, you probably win this game by twelve to seventeen points. Like, well, don't and that, give them the opportunity. And if you do that, if you kick, if you kick it downfield on that after that score, the defense has so much more room to work with, and they would have for sure, for yeah. sure, held them to at least three or less. And when you give them 20, 25 yards <laughs> to to score, like right. it just, I, I'm not surprised spot. that yeah, it was a tough spot for them. And then yeah, then 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 the the inevitable happen of. Put him in a tough spot again after the turnover, and like Especially that's where I don't. A lot of young guys playing. Yeah, and I I don't have a problem with an onside kick early in the game or in the second quarter, but I would have loved to see it up three scores. I would have loved sure. to see it after a very long offensive drive where the defense got a lot of rest, uh, anticipating that the worst case scenario is, well, we do an onside kick and they return it for a touchdown. And then, like, then we uh, re- fumble the ball on the next return, and they have the ball on the 25. Because, essentially, that was the worst-case scenario, and we were, like, one degree away from that. And, mm-hmm. and for the defense. Like, we, we didn't give them much much margin for error at that point. That That is true. And and just to play devil's advocate, uh, th- if we were to get that onsides kick, uh, we go down, we score, we're up 21-3, to three, and we get the ball to start the second half. So that was... I, I agree that that is the same mentality that caused it us it would have been a backfire had it worked yeah it would have been going for the jugular and i think that is also um, it backfired on us completely and hindsight being 2020 it was an awful call that um or proved to be an awful call how much it turned the game around and i agree with you jay that if we just kicked it off our defense had been playing pretty strong and i think them starting on the 30 yard line or whatever it was stunned them and then all of a sudden they have to defend again uh you know, almost in the red zone right away so um it proved to be wrong but if you get that the game's over pretty early i think yeah Yeah, but it wasn't really like we had that first drive that we had was long um (laughs) the the next two were pretty quick even even if they were scoring drives and uh at least one of the two was scoring drive but like it wasn't like we were giving our defense a lot of time to rest that's what i'm saying like i I, it would have made so much more sense if we had a third scoring drive that was like the first it was five plus minutes our defense had time to be like sure we'll go we'll go back to back if necessary uh mm-hmm. and and we had a two two minute scoring drive go for the onside yeah. kick after being up two scores getting the ball back all right defense get back out there they scored a minute and then yeah. 20 seconds later we fumble so yeah. it was it was very ill advised i think that the coaching staff i love the aggression i love the aggressiveness like i think that's been missing for a long time from this program um, and, yeah. and 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 I and I think that Jonathan Smith and his coaching staff has brought a little bit of that over time, but they've layered it in very similarly. They've layered in alternate helmets and uniforms and whatever. They they kind of make sure that the team deserves it and earns it. And and I think that maybe at this point they the coaches themselves hadn't earned the right to call those plays yet. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, I uh, look like looking at it from now, look back on it, it's the the game was flowing really well. And um yes. And I think the, was sto big... the story right, the story of yesterday is like we were so clearly the dominant team. I, I think in almost every aspect other than special teams. We were very dominant uh especially offensively. I think the argument could be made defensively at, at most times of the game, especially in the second half. Um and the reason it was so close was just like self-inflicted wounds. Um going back to the offensive side of the ball for just a second though i will say like one very very nice thing to see in this game was once you have the lead at the start of the fourth quarter i mean dj took the the, the whole offense took an over nine minutes for their last drive of the game other than kneeling it down um and, and that's all but a death shot to another i mean if you're ucla you're telling your team you have to be leading going into the fourth quarter you cannot be behind and give oregon state the ball because we were talking about this all season like you give oregon state 10 minutes left in the game up like the way that these new rules in college football have been implemented, like it gives all the power and all the um uh what word am I looking for? The momentum, if you will, like for Oregon State. Uh it gives them the advantage, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And yep. um we we saw that uh very clearly last night. Yeah, and, and I I'll shout out Josh Hill, Chainsaw Crew podcast. He actually called this out about uh right after Cal brought it within a, a three point game. Uh, um, with what in the end of the third quarter was that? Uh, it was 35-32, and he essentially said the same thing. Okay, now let's grind it out for 17 minutes. Like, let's just have the yep. longest drive possible. And part of me was thinking that would be amazing, but I don't even know if that's even possible with the play clocks and everything else and how many downs and the likelihood of you converting first down, et cetera. Uh, it took us a couple drives. But like there was definitely the the second to last drive really the yeah final nail in the coffin that was in over nine minutes like that's that's what you want to do I think that's what he was alluding to is like let's let's get one drive where we just end the game doesn't matter I what, think they what the got, outcome is of, of scoring but end the game yeah they got the ball with eleven forty five I think and uh, they ended the drive at like two minutes or yeah. or just over two minutes I mean it was it was pretty impressive to see but good. Good win overall. Beavs were favored by about seven and a half before uh, to revisit the <laughs> pre preseason pregame predictions, which I just went to go grab oh, uh, again. Nice. Benny Benny had a twenty four to seven Oregon State win. <laughs> bit, bit of a different kind of evening. <laughs> <laughs> I also picked the under on my weekly bet. Oh, so no. I was very wrong. <laughs> yeah, I picked the 51 under. I thought we were going to stop Jaden Ott, and we did. I, I had 35 to 9 win. JP in, in a bit of... Uh, you know, dark magic, uh, re reverse jinxing had a 28 to 31 loss. Um, this upcoming week, uh, all three. Wait, of us, so we were all totally wrong in terms of scoring. I was the closest. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so your majesty. Way off. Yeah, it's like we were all like <laughs> ten miles off, and I was nine miles off. <laughs> um, Don't forget it. One of us, we're all we're kind of all over the place with this one. Uh, we again, we made these predictions before the season started. Benny against UCLA is predicting a twenty-eight to fourteen win. JP 
is predicting a 56 to 10 win. Oh, shit. If, if Oregon State scores 56 points against UCLA, we might have the best offense in the country. Uh, <laughs> what are you saying? I'm not that far away from that on the offensive side. I have a win of Oregon State putting up 43, but giving up 38. So yeah. we're all predicting different kind of wild nights at Reeser. Uh, again, that game will be next weekend, homecoming, 5 p.m. on Fox. Uh, again, 5 p.m. <laughs> uh, just go go to the game. If you're on the West Coast, go to the goddamn game. I'll be there. JP will be there. Mm. It's gonna I mean, be the Terrace or Beaver Street. Terrace Horseman who lives on Beaver Street. Yeah, we should make some Terrace Horseman t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> with, new, with our new logo. With our new logo, which is probably coming soon to a piece of merch near you on belligerentbeeves.com slash merch. Yeah. Yep. If you I like, like Angry Benny and you like Sailor Benny and you like Drunk Benny, you'll like our logo. They're all they're all in one. You can yeah. come see me. He's an angry drunk <laughs> sailor. Yeah. Yeah. Are we all? Yes. Kind of. <laughs> uh, well, okay, yeah. so let's let's uh what what do you guys think? Are you sticking with your predictions of UCLA or or what what do you close. guys think? I, I think it'll be right more low scoring, but I do think it's gonna be close. I if I could amend it, I'd probably say a twenty four to seventeen Oregon State win. I think it's gonna be that kind of game. But we're playing at home. It's homecoming. I think we're gonna come out, play well, control the clock, control the game. We'll get another nice DJ game out of it. Damien going over 100 yards again. And not super easy, but comfortable. Um, I'm going to stick with mine. I think that UCLA... Let's go, baby. I, I like think it. that UCLA has... Uh, Fraudulent! Benefited. A little They're bit. They're frauds! <laughs> I think a little bit. I mean, I'll be honest. Like, I think they've benefited a bit from their scheduling. Um, Not that it's the opponents, but it's when they right. met them. It's when they got them. Them going from unranked to 18th kind of pisses me off. Even though I know rankings don't matter, and we have said rankings don't matter on the show, I'm still going to get mad yeah, at rankings. Like, and I, us well, not and moving up at all, and them going from yeah, unranked to right. 18th. Yeah. Wait, we didn't move up at all? No, we're nah, 15, we, yeah. We, we moved up in the coach. We moved from 16 to 14 in the coaches' poll, but AP we stayed at 15. Yeah, Notre Dame Rankings lost, and they were number 10. Louisville jumped us after beating Notre Dame, so like they took our spot. <laughs> Fuck that. Yeah. So rankings, but rankings don't, matter. don't matter. Rankings don't, don't matter. matter. Rankings um, don't matter. But please pay attention to our Patreon episode where we bitch about rankings for four hours. <laughs> no, no. It's, it just, be, it's just be, it's just Ben and I yelling until the sun rises about how mad we are at the rankings. But every third sentence saying rankings don't matter. <laughs> <laughs> That's not Patreon. I, uh, we it, we haven't actually, but maybe we should. I think. I think some people would get a kick out of it. Oh, I thought this was a real thing. I was like, I missed Maybe this it somehow, and I probably posted it. <laughs> no, no, it's not a real thing yet, but it could be. We'll talk uh, about that. Right, okay, right, so right, right. rankings don't matter. They don't matter. Yep, but you were going somewhere with that. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't I don't really trust that UCLA is a, even a top 25 team. Um, yeah. They, they they got uh rising less Utah uh and, and took an L uh in in a game that was forgettable to say the least right. um their their non conference schedule uh not great um I think that uh I think that there it looks better for them because how San Diego State played against us 
but they really played that way against us because our offense wasn't looking very good. So I don't trust that that victory was as um, important or impressionable as anyone else is looking at it. Like, well, they go one, you know, my four scores, three scores, whatever. Uh, and Washington State, that was that's one of those games where like, did anyone expect that anyone except Cam Ward to just keep playing at that kind of level every game yeah. all year? I didn't, and and he was bound to come back to what we had known him to be last year, like a, a decently good quarterback who can make mistakes and just sometimes not be able to take over games. And I think that he had a really bad to, game. Yeah, to be to say like being able to take over games is very new for this season. Where it's like, all right, yeah, that kind of talent's always been there for the guy, and now he's putting it all together and taking over games. It wasn't like it's he hard was like, for him oh. to go from the Palouse and the vibrant, fun culture of game day in in Pullman where where people go to the game and cheer and make noise and play in an empty Rose Bowl. Yeah. And, like, we were playing in a goddamn museum, whatever. echo, echoing, yeah. uh, How many many Cal fans who weren't planning on going until the game Saturday ended up going uh, after Dashiell was being mean and saying that Uh, Oregon State was turning the music down? Shout out Golden (laughs) Bear Wire. I hope you enjoyed the beef. game. Oh buddy. yeah, uh, I hope he took the nine-hour drive. Three hundred Golden Bear fans. Oh, that was that guy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey no uh, one's open. If he goes nine hours or they go nine hours, good on them. I, I'll, good on I'll them. respect that. But like, that's a dumb excuse to be like, oh, I couldn't. I go wasn't going to go to the game, away. but then the beat writers started talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, beat so yeah, UCLA shuts down a great quarterback in their very uh, quiet mausoleum of a stadium. Uh, it's going to be harder for them to do that playing at Reeser this Saturday. I don't, yeah. I don't expect this to be close at all, at all. Um, I think that while Chip Kelly uh, seems to be a smarter like football analyst than a coach at this stage of his life, um, I don't think he figures out how to stop the, the myriad of weapons that we have uh, on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I think the defense can learn a lot from last week. They're going to have the reinforcements. Luckily, Chatfield wasn't uh, tossed uh, yesterday because um, that would have definitely been a big, big blow against UCLA. But I, I think, yeah, we have a full squad defensive unit. Um, we've got offense that has too many options and weapons to scheme for, to plan for. And Chip Kelly's best ideas these days are uh, to make sure that Oregon State and Washington State are included in a Power Five conference. And like he said, quote, uh, if they don't end up in the Power Five, in a Power Five, then shame on us. It's just not right. So I'll give Chip credit where credit's due. Okay. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, Yeah, I think think UCLA's defense is a little overrated because really the only good offense they faced is Washington State. You look back, Utah's offense offense is trash uh yeah. without rising they're not good they played uh nc central san diego state and coastal carolina none of whom have power offenses um and so i i don't think that us scoring over 30 points is out of the realm of possibilities it, actually i think if it's at reser that's um you know relatively uh probable um and I, I i agree with you guys i think this is a game that uh we break open in the second half um reser I am convinced, uh, and I don't think I'd get any arguments. 
Oh, it, it, Reister might be the hardest place to play in the Pac-12 this year. I mean, that's the case every year, but especially this year. I really think that it is. I mean, there is a bone to pick with every single pe- person that's at the stadium. Um, you toss in the offense that we saw at Cal, but this time they're at home. You yeah. toss in a defense that's going to have a lot more players back. They're also playing at home, which the, I mean, the defense is really um, the the part of the team that sways so much between how they play on the the road and how they play at home um i just i i think in order for oregon state to lose they would have to have an epic collapse on either side of the ball and i just don't see that happening uh too many weapons on offense and the the defense is just going to shut that run down so much and force a freshman quarterback to beat you uh and with with a secondary coming back i i don't think that happens a second week in a row yeah and i don't mind seeing the secondary even inexperienced face another freshman yeah so I have enough faith in their talent that uh, they'll hold their own enough for the offense to to hang on to you know a victory edge. We can't stop talking about the football team before I give some flowers to Sione Lolohea, who I wanted to be sure we hit on uh, this week. He's been playing fantastic this season and recovered one of the key fumbles, uh, the key fumble recovery uh, against Cal this week. And so talk about you know some of these other pieces getting guys back i think lolo hey has been phenomenal uh on that d-line uh exterior spot so i'm feeling pretty good about a win this week at reeser homecoming 5 p.m on uh f o x pacific time <laughs> um jp will be there maybe benny will drive down on a whim do you it know, you never know you never know. Just do it. Maybe. Yeah. Do it. Do it. Possibly. Just do it. This I'm going to go to biggest... Colorado. Well, this could be. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Benny Again? Boulder. <laughs> I'll need to break him out. Do you remember yeah. the last time you were Colorado? Even, yeah. Even Everett Hayes kicked that 63-yard field goal. But then you didn't even remember know where you were last, the week the week after that when we asked. You were talking about what game happened last week. <laughs> I was oh, eating a lot of there. edibles at that well, even if we go to the Big 12, you probably only have one chance to see us play Dion at Colorado. Uh, ooh. ooh come, come at me, Colorado fan. Come at me, Dion, again. I'm, I'm feeling special. Come at me, Dion Sanders. Walk away again, Dion. Please, yeah. please don't come at me. Uh, we're we're feeling spicy tonight. Um, all right. You know what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna oh, wear my fake spicy. Rolex watch and I'm just gonna show it at Shadur the whole game. Uh, my yeah. fake we should, Rolex. We should get you a real one. Oh yeah. yeah. We're, we're I don't think his is fake. I don't think his is fake either. <laughs> I, bet it I, is. I, I don't. I don't think the numbers that we're pushing are fake either. That can allow <laughs> us to. Uh, we're not. We're not rocking Rolexes. Um, <laughs> in, in, we're gonna get one with our new branding on it oh yeah that's true. we'll that's share true. it maybe like logo. the sisterhood of the traveling babies rolex we'll just it, share it be around our the country. old crimson it will be our old crimson yeah Ooh. oh yeah benny yeah are you going to be you're gonna go to the game day set and fight pat mcafee yeah, Yuri and I are leaving Tacoma at 4 a.m. to get front right, row So you're, you're, there's no chance you go to the Beaver game because you're going to be uh, in Seattle fighting Duck fans and fighting uh, arrogant TV commentators. Dude. Yeah. I guess yeah. if you drove down after the pregame show, you'd make it in time. You would make yeah. it in time, but yeah, that's, that's a you long would. day. Look, but, look, look for me. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll look for we you. Ha- we'll, we'll make, you have to like share out. We'll put it on yeah. our socials like what well, it is you're going to – how you can identify to you. If you get – if you have a good idea for what Benny should put on his sign, 
that he attaches to his flagpole. That it's sounds a big sexual. flagpole. That and made it sound a more flag sexual. On it. Let's not, yeah. It's really there, long. There's a beaver at the top of my flagpole. <laughs> so yeah, if you have something else that you'd like to contribute to my flagpole, uh, I'm open. I'm open to suggestions. We I have will been, be we a have been canceled. Very we have been canceled by the FCC. It is uh, a white flag that will be on the other side that I want up, to have some text on. on the socials. Anyway, <laughs> you brought this up, Terry. Two pretty exciting Regretted, yet somewhat disappointing draws by the Oregon State men's soccer team. <laughs> Uh, this week they played UCLA. They played San Diego State. Both good teams. Uh, both ending in two-two draws. Both uh, conceding leads late in games. But the atmosphere at Lorenz was spectacular. The Vuvuzelas. Got to give a lot of credit to the Beaver fam. They're showing up and showing out in more yeah. more than just football. And that's what we wanted this this year for sure. Well, that's what we want every year. I think that's what where we built this. The premise of this right. podcast was. Exactly. To not just be, you know, a niche football podcast and, you know, shout out to everyone who brings the X's and O's to football, but there's so many other great programs, especially Oregon State, that deserve the same kind of shine. Um, I will, I'll be the first to admit we probably don't do enough of that, uh, but what we, what we try. And, and, and I think that uh, not only do we try, but I think that Beaver Nation's trying and they're, they're showing out and it, it's awesome to see and. And I love that the athletic department is is leaning into it as well. Like, like BGB said, this could be the last dance. This could be this could be it for a lot of these programs, or for them being in competitive conferences for scheduling and likelihood of getting to national championships. Um, so get out there and enjoy it. Like, do what you can. Show up. Scream one time. Yeah, yell, shop them. Like I don't know, blow into your vuvuzela, and then just it feels good. Yeah, like it just does. appreciate it that that you have that opportunity because there's a lot of people who go to college who that's that's their identity because that's where they went and that's who they that's the, what they love. Uh, but they don't have the chance to to root on big time programs like we've had that opportunity. So like make the most of it now because you don't know it could yeah. be gone. Absolutely. Yep. Great yep. perspective. Other thing to be excited about, Baseball America has ranked the uh, incoming Oregon State baseball recruiting class as number eight in the nation. That's Incredible. the highest ranking since we got a number six ranking in 2021. Uh, Trent Caraway becomes the second consecutive top 100 ranked player to come to OSU, joining Gavin Turley, who was a top 100 ranked player last year. College baseball season will be here again before you know it. And Top 100 includes high schoolers that are picked in the draft too, right? I believe so. I think it I has think to. If you have the number eight ranked class, yeah. I would imagine so. Yeah. Okay. So that concludes this episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. What a jam-packed Sunday of exciting shit. It's going to be an exciting week in Corvallis. Homecoming week. Let's go. Get to reserve. Pack the house. Dance under the orange lights. It's going to be special. It's going to be fun. Uh, and if you can't get Teresa, get to Seattle and talk a bunch of shit at the game day set. With me. Uh, with Benny yeah. on I'll, I'll, I'll talk shit University with you. Of Washington's campus. Thank you so much uh, for listening to this episode and for being the best fans in all of college sports. And thank you once again to Big Game Boomer for joining us here on the 111th episode of the Belligerent Beeves podcast. He's at Big Game Boomer on Twitter, and I believe at Big Game Boomer on Instagram as yeah. well. And speaking of social media, we're on that shit too. Belligerent Beeves with new branding and everything at Belligerent Beeves on Twitter, at Belligerent Beeves on Instagram. 
We're on Facebook. We're on Blue Sky. We're on TikTok. We're on Spotify. Oh, this feels like a lot of list of logos shit. to update. <laughs> yeah. You didn't realize how much work that was, was it? <laughs> so much shit. And now we have a throwback logo for fun throwback looks, too. Just mm, Yeah. Never it's pretty dope. Evolving. We have a throwback already two years in. Let's go. com slash merch. Thank you to everyone who's ordering merch. And, of course, to everyone who is leaving five-star reviews wherever you get your podcast. Matter of fact, now is a great time to do just that. Five-star review on Apple. Five-star review on Spotify. Five-star review on uh, Stitcher, if Stitcher is still a thing and has a I think it's function. done. I don't know. Is it? I okay. think it's gone. Like, shut down, gone. It so is way done. To go. Yeah. Stitched yeah. up. Oh. Amazon bought them and killed them. No, I don't, don't know. Give it, don't yeah. give us a... Yeah. You're welcome. Is it true? I don't know. <laughs> then don't. I have no idea. Don't kill so us. So in honor of Stitcher, give us five stars. <laughs> give us five stars on a podcast platform that definitely exists. And we'll appreciate it. And uh, if you don't have time to do that, take a minute right now and share the show with a friend. It really helps us grow the show a lot. And we appreciate it. Uh, please also follow us individually as well from Portland at six foot two. Just kidding. But whatever. JP Bertram at <laughs> JP Bertram on six Instagram. foot. Six foot. Exactly. Six My six foot regular. Um, <laughs> that's at JP Bertram on Instagram and at the trio J on Twitter. That's at the underscore trio underscore J because he is too trio to be real. And of course, up in Tacoma slash Seattle slash game day slash everywhere. Boulder because he's Benny Boulder. Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage. He's Benny with the good quaff. Benny eating healthy. Benny Benny Grain Bowl, Benny Blast Off, Benny Bowl Game, Benny Burner, Benny Everything, uh, Benny about to celebrate his uh, second bachelor party in Las Vegas in a couple <laughs> first of weeks with, with his buddies. First with me, yeah, first one I can go to. So it's the first real one. That first marriage, null and void. It doesn't even count. It doesn't count a little bit. You can find him on the social media channels at Benny L. 1986 and of course myself on twitter slash x terry horseman at terry horseman and at terrence horseman on instagram.com uh <laughs> at minnesota twins not getting swept in the alds again we at least got one baby we got <laughs> one uh at target field on tuesday afternoon yelling at the houston astros Probably bringing in the trying to smuggle in the biggest fucking garbage can I can find, <laughs> banging the shit out of it, and then shipping it overnight to Seattle for Benny to put on the top of his flagpole. <laughs> you are the 2019 Astros of pregame shows, game day. Oh. Damn dirty <laughs> cheater. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Who cares? Listen to you. The I episode. Love it. It's the yeah. end of the episode. I'm fired up. I bought pumpkins instead of watching Cape Day this Saturday, motherfucker. And I'll do it again. I need more pumpkins because I need to get autumnal. We oh, are autumnal as hell. That hell word yeah. that Benny still might not be able to Don't say. Don't ask us to repeat you. Autumnal, <laughs> baby. We are the uh, autumnal headquarters. Op optimal autumnal headquarters. Oh, Thank God, you so I could much never say that. for listening. Thank you so much for being the Beaver fam, for supporting Oregon State, for being you, for being awesome, for being loud. Keep this passion going all through this football season and all the seasons beyond. And through all of that, no matter who tries to get you down, no matter who tries to come at us, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter, no matter what, 
you can't spell chop them without hope. So chop them. Chop them. Chop them. And bring back Bernice. Buckle the seatbelt.